Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. Here with your host, Coach Donald. What's going on? You know, from the last episode, oh man, I banged with that beat. It slapped, so I had to use it again. You're probably going to see this beat again on the podcast. And for your listening pleasure, it will be featured at the end. Woo! All right, so today is right around the 4th of July. I went for a run this morning. Shout out to City of Bridges Run Club. Um, this comfortable shirt. Coach Kim, I don't know where she found this shirt at, but oh my gosh, I got this long sleeve. It's so comfortable. Um, shout out to them this morning. I went and got eight miles in. And today was one of those days I had to like, listen to my body. And also another lesson that I should really invest in leaving the house sooner. It's a struggle. So I got up, uh, like, went on a quarter to seven. And last night, I went to bed late because (laughs) I'm trying to find a new video game. So I have a MacBook. And for years, I had Windows computers, but I never was a computer gamer. Like, I played, like, PlayStation games in high school, but I never got into computer games. And then once I got to college, I stopped gaming altogether. Well, I have been, I've always been super into space since elementary school. And I started wanting to play some space like opera games. I got into the the show The Expanse, super heavy. And I've been reading other sci-fi books and watching other shows. But that was like my thing. And so like, I want to scratch the itch. How about... There's no, it seems like at least, there's no good games that you can play on Max. All these games are, you know, PC only. Like, I downloaded Eve Online, which I wasn't digging all like that. It's all right. Maybe I'll try it again, but, like, I ain't dig it that much. I want to, like, build bases and stuff. And, you know, there's this game Star Citizen or this other game I found called Everspace. And one was, uh, oh, um, oh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Elite Dangerous. And... You know, those are like the big three headlines, headliner games, those other ones too. But none of those games can run on Mac, and it makes me want to just be mean. And so I was up late like, well, what kind of space games can I play on Mac? And I went to bed too late. <laughs> so anyways, I got up, I get to the uh, get to the run, and I start running, and my hip and my low back was like, what's up, bro? How you doing there? And I'm like... Uh, I'm fine, and they're like, how about we pinch you a little bit, and I was like, mm, no, nah, I'm good for real, like, I don't need that in my life, no, yes, you do, yes, you do, they say, and so, boom, the left, like, my left upper glute just kind of, like, locked up on me as I'm running, I'm like, no, ooh, you didn't have to do that to me, and so, I'm, like, stretching, and then they're like, yeah, okay, okay, we gonna be quiet, when you start running, we gonna talk again, And shout out if you get the reference to that joke. But literally 100 meters later, oh, I feel the same pain. So then I do some exercises for the glute. And they're like, "Mm, maybe you got us a little bit. So then it took me like several miles to warm up. But I ended up finishing the whole eight. And I made a new friend. Shout out to Tom. And, you know, got a boom by the bang. Anyways, so this podcast, we're going to talk about balancing the front and the back. You're like, what are you talking about? This made me think of old T.I., and Young Dro song from, like, high school, front and back, front, front, back. And they're talking about, like, the old, like, sh- I guess Chevy cars where you could, like, basically have the wheels that elevate. And so you shift the car front and back. They got, um, what is the name of those things? Gosh, when I lived in Texas, people had them. But, like, you can, if you think about old, like, 
Texas hip-hop music, rap music especially, like they had the cars that bounce. And so there was a song I remember, front, back, front, front, back, front, back, inside the side. All right, anyways. So this, um, this episode, we're going to talk about balancing, pushing and pulling and front of the leg, back of the leg. But first, I need to take the segment to shout out, if you're listening just to like hear about training, you should just fa- listen, look at the show note below and just fast forward to whenever it says that the training conversation starts. I need to shout out my kids from the state track meet because listen, I recorded like three or four episodes before this since I kind of got back on the flow of things and I have not done it yet. And so I need to give them a shout out. Um, today was, not today, I'm sorry. This year was the biggest group of kids that I've supported going to the state track meet. So it was great. I've had kids go almost every year, but like one or like two. So shout out to Andre Vasquez. He was the first kid I ever went to the state track meet with. He was one of the first real big uh, people I've coached um, back since I was in I was in college when I coached him. And so I taught him how to hurdle, very talented hurdler, lived in Texas for a couple of years, didn't get to work with him, came back for his 11th grade year. We went to state's 12th grade year. It was great. Um, so, but this year... We had a lot of people here at GHP. Uh, for those of you who are listening, if this is your first episode, this podcast is sponsored by Global Human Performance, my coaching business. Um, so make sure you go www.ghperformance.com. Check out the site. You can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Donald or training underscore well underscore done. All right. So just a little plug there. You can also find us at, at Global Human Performance. But bada boom, bada bing. So that's our that's our advertising plug for podcasts, right? <laughs> Just me talking about the gym that I'm recording in. Um, so this year, yeah, we had several people that train here go to state track meet. So I want to give a shout out. A big group of them went to Older Dice. So shout out to the boys 4x8 team with Holden and Aleph, Isaiah, and Jack who qualified at the city championship meet earlier in May, running at 8.13 to go to the state track meet. The relay did okay there, but it was a good first-time experience. Shout-out to Evelyn Tipper, who made it to states in the mile and almost didn't go, so shout-out to you. She actually had a good performance. Not a PR, but she ran like a top three, top four time uh, there at the meet. It was a cold, rainy day. Uh, the city championship was a much better day. You know what's funny thing was at the state track meet I noticed a lot of the distance runners and don't get me wrong there was a guy who totally set the state record in the one mile and the two mile and almost won the 800 but beyond that guy they were looking at the seedings and rankings a lot of times were a little bit slower than they came in as especially in the four by eight they were like at least for the division that they ran in maybe like 10 of the teams were running under eight minutes, but like actually that day, only like four did or three. But like the sprinters, boy, they was coming to show out. There was like 10 sixes, 10 sevens, 10 eight, 10 seven, 10 seven, 10 seven. Those, you know, people expect on the cold rainy days the sprinters to like back off. They ain't back off, y'all. Sprinters held it down. Distance runners did all right, except for the guy who kept setting the record. But, anyways, Evelyn ran great. She hit, you know, really close to the time that she came in at. Um, as far as individuals, Isaiah ran the 400. Shout out to you. Shout out to Holden, who ran like another top three time for himself uh, in the 800 at the state track meet, running 158. Um, Jack also ran strong in the mile. I don't think it was a PR, but it was close. It was in the 440. So shout out to Jack running uh, the mile there. 
And then we had, as far as people actively training, we also had Mary Eagle. She ran the 800, um, ran a better time for the season, not not too close to the PR, but definitely a better time for the season. Shout out to you. And she ran at States as a freshman. So shout out to her because she has several more years to be able to go back and compete. Shout out to Owen Blumen who ran on the 4x4 with them as well. So... Yeah, we had a good group of kids um, go out. And then shout out to my guy, Elijah. He's not like somebody I trained through GHP, but he's somebody I've trained for River City for my uh, track club I'm a part of since he was a young kid. He was a lifelong thrower and then got into uh, running like this year. And he was actually a pretty decent hurdler. So he went and ran the hurdles, um, got a little uh, hamstring set, hello to him, but he's fine now. So yeah, shout out to them. You know, all their first times at the state track meet. Uh, a lot of them have gone to states and cross country, but first time at the state track meet. So dope. I wanted to give them a shout out. Uh, shout out to Nunu. She wasn't training with me at the time, but she's training with us now. So we're, you know, working on getting some scholarships. We got getting them low 12s this summer or getting ready to get in the low 12s to work on that this summer for next year. So, um, yeah, I had to get them shout outs out. Shout out to uh, one of our kids, Austin, who competed in the 4x8 at the Whippeal track meet. Shout out to my girl, Lily, who competed at the uh, Whippeal championship as well in the 100-meter uh, dash. Not our greatest season this year, but, you know, sometimes it happens. But she's about to go to college and show out. So shout out to her. Uh, second ever person I went to the state track meet with, we went to state's I guess the year before COVID, and we went to Youth Nationals, like we held it down um, off year this year, but bouncing back, coming up. And then who else? Uh, shout out to Asia. Uh, she did the triple jump at the state track meet. Um, shout out to her. She did well, had a strong season, and is very likely going to break the school record in the triple jump next year. So I'm excited for her. Who else uh, was at Whippules? Um, shout out to Carmen Vasquez. She's somebody I coached from high school and from River City. I don't really train her when it comes to throwing, but she threw the discus. So big ups to her. And yeah, I think that's it. And if I missed anybody, I am so, so deeply sorry. I was not at the Whip World Championship. I had some personal things I had to take care of. Anyways, let's get on with the show, baby. Boom. Adds artificial explosion music. Yo, explosion music. Uh, first little, last, last little piece. Coach Kyla, our assistant coach here, made fun of me. So she makes our graphics. And I used to make graphics. My, my friend taught me how to use Photoshop in college and undergrad. And I started making, like, I was teaching classes like boot camp classes, and so I was making flyers for them. And I had this one that I thought it was the dopest flyer ever, yo, I'm not lying, I thought it was fire. And it was this big explosion in the back, and it was like this, this person silhouette walking away from it. Like, it was this, you know, I think it was the hot zone, that's what I called it, the hot zone boot camp. And it was like a Sunday afternoon boot camp where it went down, and we had a good attendance, we had good people come out, it was a lot of fun. Um, for those who came out and I used to use that flyer all the time I thought it was so cool like this like maroon background big no black 
turning into red background with the big fire explosion, the silhouette. The hot zone was written in blue because like blue fire, and because I liked that the book, The Hot Zone, that was written I think in like '90s about the Ebola virus. My mom let me read it as a kid. Um, don't don't question my mother. Okay, I read a lot of interesting things as a kid, but um, and and so I was like I liked it. I showed it to Coach Kylo. And she tore me a new one. She was laughing so hard, showing everybody all the members. Like, look at Donald's explosion boot camp. That's what she kept calling it, explosion boot camp. And one of our members, uh, shout out to Janelle Young. She needs a full name shout out. Shout out to JY Originals Janelle Young. She's painting all these mur murals, 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 no, mur murals <laughs> downtown in downtown Pittsburgh, and she has a new project coming up in New York City. Like, she is in season right now. She was showing her this. She's an artist. Like, she's a painter. She's, she she does murals. She does consulting. Like, the woman knows. She's a good eye for art. She knows art. They is cracking up at me, y'all, about my explosion boot camp flyer. So, yeah, if y'all listen to this, I'm still swole. All right, let's get back on the show. Right? All right, so this will not be very long. When we are training our bodies, we need to have balance. We need to be able to balance the um, front of our body with the back of our body. Far too much you see people with these big hunches because all they know how to do are push-ups and sit-ups. And when you do push-ups and sit-ups, you're primarily working on the front of your, your ch body, your chest, and your stomach. Yes, if you do them good enough, you get some upper back work, um, you get some shoulder development, but, you know, a lot of people who probably don't do great push-ups, you know, it's mostly chest and they get some triceps and then they do sit-ups. So the stomach gets stronger, but the back is very weak. So in essence, you need to have balance. Your back needs to be strong. Your backside from your upper back to your calf muscles. That all needs to be strong. They call it your posterior chain. So... When you're creating your exercise programs, and we're not going to get too, too nitty-gritty, but when you're creating your exercise programs, here are some tips that you need to do. There are kind of five. First of all, upper body-wise, write this down. You need to, or just remember, you need to balance pushing versus pulling, okay? Pushing is like doing bench press, like doing push-ups. And then you need to balance pulling, which are rows and pull-ups, all right, lat pull-downs. Now, the reason for that is posturally, you need a strong back to be able to stay upright. And as far as being able to keep your body from getting hurt and less predisposed to injury, you can't have one side of the body being so much stronger than the other side. There should be a balance. Now, they don't have to be exactly equal in strength, but when you're training, you should actually aim to have about as many repetitions or within a close range, as many repetitions pushing as you do pulling. The overall weight, actually, and tonnage, so to say, is not the most important part in so much as getting quality repetitions balancing. So like if it's a heavy bench press day, it doesn't have to be a heavy row day, but if you're getting a quality 35 repetitions of bench press if you're doing like, I don't know, five sets of seven, then you should get, you know, 30 to 40 rows, band pull-aparts, you know, inverted rows, pull-ups, 
to be able to make sure that the muscles, the antagonist muscles, the opposing muscle group, are getting activation and work, which will keep them balanced. Whereas if you're too strong in one way, you may have uh, potential issues injury-wise with the weaker part of your body, or you might have back issues. Now, the other part of this is mixing up vertical versus horizontal and this isn't so much particularly because of an injury risk, but just optimally, if we're going to train in 360 degrees, you need to be able to train not just the sagittal plane of your body. Oh, I guess this is still sagittal plane, I should say. Wrong thing. In this case, you should not be just training the horizontal part in regards to benching and, and rowing, but you also should train vertically. Uh, think about it like this. If you do a bent a bent over row the weight is still traveling horizontally to your spine and the muscle groups if you're going to be holistic about training all your muscle groups which is what we're thinking about when we talk about training at 360 degrees you need to be able to train the muscle groups that help with you going up and down so lat pulls and push pull-ups are a great example of this where you're getting the upper back work, your rhomboids, your uh, some deltoid work, you're getting your lats definitely working in a way that they don't work as much when you're doing rows. So, you know, being able to do the pull-ups help with that. Being able to do lat pull-downs help with that. When you think about pushing, doing an overhead press, you know, you're getting a lot more tricep work, your shoulders, your deltoids, again, rhomboids, levator scapulae, like these traps, these muscles are contributing a lot more when you change the angle of approach, so if you're doing vertical versus if you do a regular bench press, a lot different muscles are working. So you need to be able to mix with upper body wise. Pushing versus pulling, number one. Number two, you need to be able to mix vertical and horizontal pushing versus pulling. Not all in the same exact workout all the time, but I would say over the course of a week, this should balance out. One thing that we do here at GHP when we do our strength programming is that we either mix, make sure the push and pull match up clo uh, close enough, even if one's more intense than the other, or one day is more push and the other day is more pull. And we'll make sure that we mix the vertical and horizontal pushing and pulling between the sessions that people come in throughout the week. Now, lower body wise, let's talk about that. There should be a balance between I call it squatting and hinging, right? Between working on our front, so let's say our quadricep muscles, which yes, you get some glute work when you squat, but your quads do a lot of work, as well as, especially when you're lunging and things like that, versus doing a lot of hamstring and glute work through hinging type movements, like, things like deadlift style exercises. So more specifically, there should be some Work on your hip flexors, first of all. Hip flexors are, for runners, a muscle that gets hurt a lot, as well as they tend to be very weak. So being able to have your hip flexors strong, or, which is the front of your muscle, so they lift this thigh bone up. And then your quads, which extend your knee out straight. Your quads do not lift your thigh, they, they straighten your knee. So those muscles have to be strong. But your glutes are the strongest muscle group in your body. Your glutes have to be strong. Um, your hamstrings have to be strong to keep your body healthy. If your glutes and hamstrings are so strong and your quads are very weak, then you might have quad and knee issues. If your glutes are very weak, you might have hip issues and you might have knee issues. And if your hamstrings are very weak, well, 
you know, you can imagine what happens to weak hamstrings when you're putting a lot of force on them. So there needs to be balance between the front of your legs and the back of your legs. One thing that we do training-wise that I recommend is hinging-style movements are movements where your knee is generally in a fixed position, but your hips are moving forward and back. So think like a Romanian deadlift, uh, a glute bridge, even a barbell regular deadlift is, you know, serves that same purpose. So being able to have a mix in repetitions, uh, a match, I should say, of mix of repetitions between squat, uh, hinging style movements and squatting style movements, thinking like squats and lunges, where your knee and your hip are bending and going through a range of motion. So those type of exercises, you should have some balance of, number, uh, number three overall. And then number four, um, which is, is number two of lower body, is having a mix between single leg and two-leg exercises. Now, in the strength conditioning world, you can go and read articles about coaches saying, you should always train single leg because sports happen on one leg. And then you also hear another camper coach say, you should always train on two legs because that's where you develop the most power. And if you're developing the most power, you'll be able to develop the most force for your sport. You need both, right? Yes, if you train with two legs, you can't deadlift a lot of weight on one leg. You can hardly deadlift on one leg off the ground. Um, obviously, you can squat more weight than you can lunge. But on the same point, you know, sports do happen on one leg. And the stabilizing muscles of your hip and knee and your lower leg especially, the stimulus to them changes if you're on one leg. Uh, the stability in your trunk uh, your core, so to say, but in your trunk changes drastically when you're on one leg. So yes, you should absolutely train on one leg. You don't need to train as heavy as possible on one leg, but you should be able to train heavy on one leg, and you should have balance between those two legs. So one leg shouldn't be drastically stronger than the other. You may have some strength imbalances, and depending on the sports you play, that's more okay than not. If you're a runner, you should not have a strength imbalance between both legs. If you're a sprinter, maybe the leg that you start with is a little stronger. But if you play like ultimate frisbee, or if you play uh, maybe, if you're a long jumper, I actually kind of just had a mental blank about uh, certain sports. But if you have a sport where you have to favor one side of your body a lot more, then it's likely that you're gonna have some level of strength and balance. You just don't want it to be too much. Too much is something that is a whole nother episode and is much more uh, anecdotal, but with some science and evidence behind it, but say like this is the line of too much, it's a little bit hard. But if you can jump much higher on one leg, if one leg is so much stronger than the other leg to where like you have to change the exercise, it's, it's probably too weak. So being able to have strength between those two legs matters. Being able to have strength on two legs matters. So when you're training, you should have a mix of two-leg and single-leg exercises in your training plan as you go along. So that is number four. Number five to close out, you need to do more than just sit-ups. Your core is more than that. I think that's going to be another episode coming up. You need to be able to train your back muscles. If you do sit-ups all the time and you don't train your back muscles and you don't do deadlifts and squats that cause you to at least use your back muscles, then your back gets weak and your stomach gets strong and you get a stretch on your back and you're more likely to hurt your back. Okay? 
I don't want you to hurt your back, okay? Make sure you train your back muscles. Now, what are these muscles? Your erector spinae are the big players there, right? Also, um, a muscle that's not really a back muscle, but it's something that I found through my experiences is very important to train is your transverse abdominis. So this is during your rotational work. Rotational work is core work. The, you have three layers of abs. You have your rectus abdominis in the front. You have your obliques, which are slightly the next layer down. Your, one of your obliques is kind of on the same plane as your rectus abdominis, which is most superficial, which is why you can see sit-ups. The other oblique is under that for sure. And then under all of those layers is your transverse abdominis, which you can't see because there's muscles over top of it. Your transverse abdom abdominis runs La sideways, like rotationally around your body like a belt, okay? It's like around your stomach like a belt. And it attaches to a big patch of fascia tissue on your back, right? And so they control you going side to side. They control you how you handle rotational movements. I found, for especially with uh, play, uh, clients and members over the age of 50, that when these muscles are weak, you're more likely to have back pain. And as we train those muscles to be stronger, back pain goes away. A lot of the time. Not all the time because there's different reasons for back pain and I, you're not about to hit me with no liability issue, okay? But for those of you who just have casual muscular back pain, doing rotational work it has a good chance of helping out. So strength is more than sit-ups. You also have to work your traps, which are a big stabilizing and strength-using muscle on your back, uh, your lats. Even your glutes could be called part of your core, right? Because... You're, they need, you need your hips to be able to be stabilized. Your core is far more than sit-ups and obliques. I'm sorry, rectus, abs and obliques. Your glutes help. Um, they connect onto your, you know, your trunk. They, um, you know, your, I'm sorry, not your trunk. They connect onto your pelvis, uh, which is arguably a very important part of your core. Because guess what? All of your core muscles attach to your pelvis. Your rectus spinae muscles attach to the top of the back of the pelvis so along your, uh, you know, your lower... Uh, spinal aspects. You have your linguinal ligament, which your abs attached to, which is attached to your pelvis. Your obliques attached to your pelvis. So your pelvis is a part of your core. Same thing can be said about your shoulders. So your ribs, um, they're all attached, right? You know, so you have to be able to do more than just sit up to train your core. That could be an episode in itself. So, bada-boom, bada-boom, big explosion sound again. So I hope you got something good out of that as far as what you should be doing in your programming. If you're thinking, hey, I don't know what to do, balance reps between pushing and pulling in your upper body, balance reps between doing vertical and horizontal pushing and pulling in your upper body, okay? One and two. Number three, make sure you're balancing quad and hip flexor work with glute and hamstring work. It doesn't have to be exactly one-to-one, -one, but if you're doing a lot of lunges, you should do some glute bridges or some hamstring curls. If you're doing hella deadlifts, maybe some bodyweight lunges should be, would be nice. It doesn't have to match perfectly in intensity and weight, but the repetition should match and they should be quality reps. And then you should train on one leg and train on two legs. And lastly, number five, you need to do more than sit-ups. You need to work your rotational plane of motion, and you need to work your back muscles, okay? Boom. Let me know any comments, feedback, if that helped. If you want me to go into more detail, please shoot us a message. Shout out to the sponsor of this podcast, Global Human Performance, uh, my coaching business who, you know, I've been talking about. So 
you probably found out about this through that. And if you don't know, check out the website, y'all, www.ghperformance.com. And if you're looking for some training this summer, it, I'm recording this right, uh, right the day before the 4th of July. So we have our trackside program. We work with adults. We work with youth athletes. This is a part of our coaching business, right? You have in-gym strength training, but you also come to the track and get coached by our coaches who have run college, several of who run college track, have, you know, who coach track or have coached track. And so we work with your running form. We put together conditioning, whether you're a distance athlete, we have days for our conditioning for distance athletes. If you have practice after that, we work with that. We have two days where we dedicate to speed and sprinting. We have acceleration day and max velocity day. And then on the distance days or the endurance conditioning day, so to say, we work on sprint conditioning. So if you're an athlete, whether you play football, you are a track athlete, you play lacrosse, ultimate frisbee, if you're looking to be able to turn it up this summer, come out to our trackside program. It's a separate membership outside of the gym. But fun fact, if you have a training membership in the gym, trackside is included. All right. And we work with adults. We have uh, on our newest adult. She does triathlons and she's working on being able to hit a fast 5K to upper training. And so she's working on sprinting. She's coming out doing our endurance workouts to work on her form, to work on her our pacing through the interval work that we do and getting it going. So if you're an adult looking to turn your running or your, um, you know, recreational sport activity up to the next level, you need to reach out to us. You need to get out here and come to our track site work. Uh, if you want to get into the gym, we can get you with our training plan here that we'll execute with you. Or we can give you something that you can go do to look at the local gym, whether you go to the Y, whether you go to the JCC, you go to every time, fit, any time fitness, whatever you go to. We can help you get that, get right, okay? So enjoy your um, the week. You're not going to hear this the week of the 4th of July. This I hope you had a good one. You're going to hear this later on in July. So peace out and enjoy the smooth beat at the end. Holla. <laughs>